Hello and welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast, the number one Christian podcast designed for the unbeliever. Hey, man. <laughs> How are you doing today? Say something to cheer me up. Talk about your hairspray. Oh, my God. Uh, the hairspray kind of pisses me off. I don't want to talk about the hairspray. <laughs> I, I didn't even, I actually, I'm going to tell you the truth. I didn't even know that people still sold hairspray at all. Okay. My hair is a little bit longer than yours. Okay. Is that a delicate way enough? Anyway. I use hairspray because that's what I grew up with. I've tried the uh, the wax at one time. What's it called? What's the wax? Oh, I use I use gel and wax and so. Okay, like that. Yeah. gel gets all over your hands. It gets all over your um, uh, brush. Yeah. Okay, and it's just everywhere. Yeah. And it holds okay, but hairspray, you don't have to get it all over everything. Will you take a video of you putting it on tomorrow no. morning and then send it to me? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not going to not dude, that would, you a video of me uh, that, brushing my teeth either. That would cheer me up, dude. That would cheer me up. That would cheer you up. Heck yeah, but the problem, dude. The, Angela made, we don't, we don't have hairstylists around here taking care of our every need. <laughs> So, um, this morning I made a mistake. I sent my crew out without the keys to the equipment uh-huh. and didn't notice until I was talking to Larry at nine 30 and I have to be here at 10 30. So I had to drive all the way across town from Yukon to Dell city is a long, long way across Oklahoma city. Yeah. Uh, so I drove over there, gave the keys, got them started and made sure the equipment was operating correctly and then headed back to get here in time for ambassadors. There you go. Which is crucial for my spiritual well-being. Ambassadors is? To be at ambassadors, yes. Yeah. It fills your old spirit up. So, huh? in the course of my travels at 75 miles an hour down the highway, um, my air conditioner went out a little while ago in oh. my pickup, and I had to drive with my windows down. So, Angela was kind enough to point out that I didn't, face check myself in the mirror before I got in here and my hair is all askew. I think it looks fine. I don't know. I don't know what she's talking about. So you like the weird bedhead look, right? I don't know. It just looks normal. I mean, it's what you normally... Yeah. Like, there's all kinds of names for hairspray. There's Aussie. There's uh, what? Femme. Femme. Lame. Femme. Um, don't start. There's I don't even suave, know. Suave. There's, you know, bukus of them. There's pumps. There's aerosols. Oil and because I because I am not concerned about the environment in the least bit, I use an aerosol can. Oh wow! You just said that on a podcast. You're not concerned about the. <laughs> I figured I was man. I would stir them up a little bit. So today we have um, one of your more favorite um, people on, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, but then I'm gonna say something else. Okay, I know what you're because I have tell a me. I have a rule today for okay. you. Okay, so we have um, a guy named David Christensen coming on. He is a Norse pagan. Okay, and I know you love the Norse pagan community. However, if you hey bro, hey beard, if you mention um, Conan the Barbarian today, See, I'm going to throw this computer did. at you. I didn't have to mention. I'm going to close it, did. and I'm going to throw it as hard as I can. You know that if he's watched the podcast at all, he is he is actually expecting me 
to say something. I don't think he has. Jordan. He's 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 a little bigger than we we are. I don't know if he watches the show, but um, he's, I know what, I've been six six and four twenty. No, I mean like bigger in um social media status. I oh, guess well, you'd say that dude, we everybody's are, so. bigger than us on social media. No, we're still ahead of no- News Nine and David Payne. <laughs> <laughs> I check in on him every now and then. <laughs> look, look anywhere else in this country. Uh huh. A weatherman's job is easy. Yeah, except for Oklahoma. Yeah, you can't be you can't be a lightweight weatherman and make it here in Oklahoma. No. So I mean, no. my hat's off to David Payne, but he has to sell his news. He'll tell you too. He'll tell you. He'll be like, "You heard it here first, News Nine. That's yeah. a News Nine tornado. <laughs> that is a News Nine tornado." And I'll be like, "No, that's just a tornado." He that's did that with. He actually did that without sounding like Bill Clinton. This well, that's time. what David Payne sounds like. That is a News Nine tornado. That <laughs> you heard it here first, Chopper Chopper Five, Dave don't Chopper me, Five. Don't get me in trouble with with uh, David Payne, please. What do you do? You know him or something? No, but I watch him every morning. Hey, David him Payne, and, him and uh, Miss Swope. Here, I'm going to do what you do, and I'm going to look at um, the um, at the camera. Hey, David Payne, we're we've got more followers than you. <laughs> well, I just want to say hi to my adoring fans, all two of you. Here's what's funny One, is he, 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 he could post a video like tomorrow and just get 10 more thousand followers and be like, okay, past you. Now I'm going to go back to be, doing, being a weatherman again. <laughs> He's like, this is your job, social media. Like anybody in Oklahoma watches all the weather channels and then makes their own assumptions. Yeah. Like yesterday's rainstorm. Okay. Yesterday's rainstorm at 4.30 in the morning, they showed us that rainstorm in Amarillo. It was supposed to go southeast. It was supposed to bypass maybe maybe brush lotting on the way by. It came due east down I forty and hammered us. It yeah. was yeah, I I met my crew. I picked up my one of my helpers at seven thirty, thinking we would hit the equipment at eight, be on the job site by eight oh five, mowing by eight fifteen. Yeah. Okay. No. No. Yeah, that's what I'm I saying. Took, like, I took them to breakfast, and we sat there until nine thirty for the rain to quit. The weather. <laughs> the weather's crazy. a the weather's a punk in Oklahoma. I don't blame. Yeah. yeah, his job's hard. And then not to mention like how hard it is whenever people like he knows that people are getting hurt in the storms and stuff. I bet it's got to be one of the toughest jobs out oh. there, man. Yeah, you but know. I tell you, our weather says our our weathermen make you more aware of it than anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, we have the alarms that go off and we have, you know, we got mm-hmm. people that are yelling, scream about the weather. And then we got the weather panickers. Which I are, mean, I've seen David Payne like yelling at like, he'll be like, why are sirens not going off in Medill or whatever? He'll be like, sirens should be going off now. Get those sirens. Go. Like he's, he's, on, he's on top yeah, of he, it. Man. I, I think they actually are tied into the alarms to where they know when those alarms are going off. I mean, yeah. They they do good. Ours mine goes off at noon every Saturday. Yeah, yeah same. It's not that far from my house. Each municipality controls their own. They each have their own weather emergency. Um, what was it gonna say? We miss Mark. Yeah, Mark's not here. Mark's not here. He normally keeps the conversation going. Yes. Mark's good at He's that. He's the huh? articulate, educated, yeah, and advanced uh, 
Me and Larry are the capabilities. Cir- me and Larry are the circus ponies, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, we. Miss- I'm wanting a different title. I don't want to be a pony. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe everybody, maybe everybody that's listening can um, pray for us to be able to pay for Mark to be full time. That way, we just don't have to worry about him being missing anymore. Maybe that could happen. This so. could be a paid position someday. Yeah, could be. I mean, it, so a lot of stuff would have to happen. That one dude you keep talking about, the uh, the one that talks about the stuff for your hair, uh, Rogaine. What's his name? Joe Rogan. That's it. Yeah. Did you say Rogaine? Rogaine. I, I can't keep oh, up with Lord these names. I just know that Rogaine was a hair product. No, we don't have to be as big as him. He's literally you, the biggest, so we don't have to be that big. supposed to make your hair grow. If now, we, I have seen him. He's he's like bald, isn't he? Yeah. What does yeah. that have to do with anything? He would kick the ever-living crack out, crack out of you, man. <laughs> you think you waddle like it? He might kick you to where you walk straight. That's what happened. Think about it. Even if it was negative... Attention oh, from yeah. that many followers. Oh yeah, yeah. Isn't that what you're trying to teach me? Because I can't, I can't pay attention. To yeah, any, any attention? I don't know any attention. of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, unless you're like Ryan Foley. Um, Ryan Foley right now is. Okay, literally... I don't know Ryan Foley. I know Nick Foley. Okay, Ryan Foley oh, is you missed it. A WWE slam, and he he missed oh, that Mick, one too, man. Mick Mick Foley with the M. Did I? Okay. I think you said Nick Foley. I, was like, <clears> I, I may have. So Ryan Foley right now, he's a, he. I'll tell you about him and see if you, if you agree. You might like the kid. No, I'm just kidding. But he is a street minister, right? And what he's doing right now, he did it this week, is he's going to like Houston, Texas, and different cities and stuff, and he's going around to these um like witches um, witches uh, Kevin's. No, no, no. Like they're they have stores like with where they sell stuff and stuff like that, and he's going into the. Is he the one that pointed out the Catholic? Yeah, <clears throat> yes. The Catholic stuff that was in the witches deal? Yeah, he actually goes into... I actually come across that one somehow. He actually goes into Catholic stores, um, churches, and he um, during the service, he'll go start screaming in the middle of the services. He um, This week, he actually got the police called on him because he went into a witch's um, store and started yelling at her. She was like literally sh- shaking out of fe- okay, fear. Why would he do that? Huh? Why would he do that? He thinks that that's what Jesus wants him to do. I made a video on it today, um, like because I used to talk to that guy. But that's not what Jesus said to do. I know. Um, so how, why would Jesus want him to do something different than he tells us to do? I used to talk to him, and I used to encourage him, and he talked about coming down here even and, and visiting us, but um, uh, that's not I'm not going to. I'm not going to be associating with him until he corrects himself. Like I said, I don't write anybody off forever, but... Um, going in and scaring women and children and stuff in their stores, that's not the correct way to preach the gospel, man. Now I know why God pointed this out in Ambassadors. So I'm going to read a verse right now. Okay. Okay. It's in Ecclesiastics. It okay. is chapter 7, and it is verse 20. Because this is not what was gone over in Ambassadors. <clears throat> there is not a righteous man on earth. Who does not? Who does what is right and never sins? Do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. It kind of goes with the same verse that Jesus tells us: "Judge not, lest you be judged. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you." Mm-hmm. If he's going in and misrepresenting 
Christ in any form or fashion, and he's not leading with the love that Christ has given us, if there's no love found in his heart, then Christ can't be in his heart. The Bible tells us that. Yeah. If there is no love in your heart, then Christ cannot be in your heart. If you think about it, what we do, if you compare what how we preach the gospel or how we um, administer this thing to unbelievers or whatever, if you think about it compared to what he does, what we do is way harder than what he does. It's way more difficult. Like, it would be easy to just walk into somewhere you don't agree, scream for a couple minutes, and then walk out, and then you're done. Well, you right? know, listen, I, I mean, <clears throat> what, I, I what are you doing? That's the, for you, right? Uh, I've seen, yeah, exactly. And that's what, that was where I was going. I see a lot of these, uh, because I'm in landscaping, I love that there's guys out there that have made enough money in landscaping that they can pull up on a yard, it, it, vacant house or whatever. There's several of them on the little reels on your, on your Facebook stuff, uh, TikTok reels, I think is what it's called. Anyway, I love watching that, man. Those guys go in, nobody owns it. They're not getting a dime for it. They mow yards that are this tall and they clean them up and they're done. Or they, oh, they or you know why they do that for somebody free? Somebody can't afford to pay for it. So they, you know, do that. I can't do that yet. You know why they do that though? They get way more money for that video and than I, what they do. And I understand that. But you don't know how to do but that. Yeah. What is Christ say when you do something out out of the kindness of your heart, do it that others may not see it. Yeah. They're definitely your father not sees yeah. it. Your father knows. They probably So if you're gonna do it, then do it for the glory of God, not for your glory. For and that if one, you're doing it and videotaping it and or if you're passing out money to people or you're all of that stuff is, you know, good, fine and dandy. But if you're videotaping it, then you're getting your credit and you're getting your reward then. Yep. Your reward is not in heaven. Your reward is now and through man. Yeah. And I don't want my reward now. I want my reward in heaven. Yeah. I bet they're, I bet from them doing that one video, making that lawn video, they're probably getting the same amount as you'd get to do like a thousand lawns. Seriously, because they're getting like 10 million views on a YouTube. Money does not have the hold on me that and it they're does getting, on other people. They're getting like a thousand times. I mean, it's crazy, dude. So they're not doing it for kindness at all in general, for no, public I, or private. But it does make a difference in the neighborhood. Hey, look, yeah, I get of course. It. I'm not it's saying just, it's not a good thing. No. It's just they're not doing I it. I wish for, I could really honestly be able to afford to do that. Yeah. Someday I may be able to. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not all that interested in building my bank account. One of these days, that bank account that you got your heart set on is going to fall. Yep. It's going to disappear overnight. You're not going to remember it existed. Yeah. You're not even going to remember that banks even existed. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's such a finite um, experience that we're having here on earth. Um, mm -hmm. And all these concepts of things, banks, money, Oh, but um, you're, talking, you're talking about after we hit eternity. I'm talking about in not the very far future. Your bank account is not going to matter. Yeah. The government is going to take everything you have. Yeah. And then I mean, everybody's yeah. going to be given the same thing. And I'm already seeing in, in Japan. And I said that weird. Japan. Yeah, I was just saying, why'd you, <laughs> why'd you put an accent I, with that? I don't know. He said it. I don't even know where it came from. He said, you said it like Jean-Claude no, Van Damme. I, you said, Japan. 
I I thought what the hell was that? I was going to say Japan, and for some reason China popped up in my head at the same time. Japan? And I'm going, wait, which Japan? one was it? And all that confusion came out with a weird accent. Okay. But they're they're just scanning their hands and it's all tied to their information. Ooh. They have hand scanners. And it's not the chip, it's actually your palm thread. That's creepy. Wow. It all this technology is the lead in to when we yeah. are are uh indoctrinated enough that we don't realize that the mark of the beast is coming. Well, I hope I hope it's before after I'm gone, but well it I'm pretty sure that's to keep track of people after the rapture. That's how they're going to yeah. I think that's how they're gonna make Maybe. it prevalent. Maybe. Yeah. I'm, I mean that's I mean, the, that's my interpretation. I Nobody hope the, else's. I hope the um I hope the rapture's first. That'd be cool. But who knows? We'll see what happens. But anyway, we gotta get to David. It's two ten, so we gotta get to David. Um we're going to go ahead and get to him and talk to him. Hello, um, David. Nice to meet you. David Christensen, everybody. Norse Pagan, David Christensen. Hello, hello. David, what's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? Good, good, man. Um, I'm excited to interview you, dude. I've been following you for a little bit. Appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, okay. I've been scrolling through your page the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Thank you. Um, I will say I will say this. Um, and and we've interviewed. I think he's our third Norse pagan, third or fourth, or fourth, third or fourth Norse pagan we've interviewed. And I've got to say, out of everyone, the Norse pagan community is the nicest. Wouldn't you say that the nicest people? Be a pretty safe bet on that. Yeah. Well, are you saying about the Norse pagan community as a whole? Yeah, like every Norse well, pagan that I've came that across out of that. has been just ple- pleasant individuals. Yeah. Yes, I would say a majority are very unpleasant individuals. That's for sure. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay, so I'm going to go over some like uh, show rules real quick and go around the room and inter- um, introduce everyone to you real quick. Okay. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so um, we don't we don't pray on the show, and we ask that you don't do any um, prayers or rituals or anything from that as well. We um, we don't pray out of respect for you, and we even try to st- uh, stray away from like religious talk and everything out of respect for you. Gosh dang it, Larry! Okay. Here you go, um, getting <laughs> phone calls in here, um, and but yeah, we ask that you don't do any rich or anything like that. We actually never used to ask people that until a Satanist came on and did a ritual um, midair, and it kind of caught us off guard a little bit. So we that's were, just disrespectful, man. Oh yeah, so we were like, um, we better start saying that <laughs> from now on. Yeah, yeah, um, no, that's a good rule. I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, and then okay, and then that's that's pretty much it, man. I think I think you probably understand like basic boundaries and stuff like that. I mean, we we do our yeah. best to follow those as well. Um, if you if we say something that um, I mean, we can get into it a little bit. We can um, we don't debate here. Um, I mean, if if it comes if it comes to that where we start arguing a little bit, I normally shut it down. It's just not what we do no. here. That's not our mission. That's not our goal. Um, cool. Cool. So okay, I'm gonna go around and interview everyone in here. Um, you guys, if you guys are going to, it's weird that you guys are talking the whole time, by the way, it's not, I have an issue. Okay. What's going on? Um, that phone call uh-huh. is from where my crew is right now. So it's an important phone so call. So it's that- more important than I, I don't want to admit that that phone call is important, but I may, if there's a issue, I need to address it. So can I just 
for our little get the number down. Hold hold on. I'm sorry, David. I'm you not. Need to call me back. Uh, no, no, no. He's no, going to get I'm the gonna number. I'm going to let him continue while I grab the number. Okay, and then I'm going to step out and use her phone real quick. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no worries. I'm on your guys' time, so whatever works. Uh, how long I got you for? Well, I appreciate David? it. Sorry. Uh, I have a two-hour block, just in case. Oh, nice. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Of course. We won't need that long. I, I try to keep. I try to keep the episode in in total under two hours. Uh, people's ex- attention spans don't last that long anymore. <laughs> We're down to eleven seconds now. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I'm gonna go around and introduce everybody while Larry's out. Um, I, I pretty much don't edit these things anyway, so the audience is going to know that Larry had to step out. Um, so I've got um, I've got one of our friends. He's a guest in in studio. He normally just sits and listens. His name is Lindell. You may you may hear from him. So say hi, Lindell. Good afternoon. Um, hi, Lindell. Hello. I've got my beautiful wife Angela. She's she is the director. Hello. Hello, director Angela. Nice to meet you. And then, um, and then you've got Larry. Um, he's the other guy that the my co-host that you see in the videos sometimes. Um, but he's out talking. But you'll meet him in a second. And then I'm Zach. I'm the handsome, good-looking, young, um, muscular one. And very that, humble. And yes, and very go. and very humble one that you normally see um, in the videos. So I love uh, it. I love it. Zach, I looked everywhere for your name. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I looked everywhere for it. Well, it's kind of weird. I kind of, I guess online, I kind of, um, I identify as help my unbelief on there, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, there you go. People call me bearded. They don't even know my name, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, I, I'm going to get started interviewing you. Like, so you're a Norse pagan. Um, have you always been a Norse pagan or did you like, did you, how did you come into it? So, so my belief system, I'm an eclectic pagan. So I like to just be clear that I'm eclectic, but I do dive into my Norse roots. So okay. I do practice some Norse paganism, but as an eclectic, I keep my, op- my, uh, my practice open so that I can experience different areas of spiritual belief. It kind of allows me to find the truth for myself instead of subscribing to one, one belief and trying to justify that. Eclectic paganism, also occasionally termed universalist or non-denominational yes. paganism, yes. is a form of modern paganism where practitioners blend paganism with aspects of other religions or philosophies, including the blending of separate pagan traditions. So it's kind of like um, yep. you believe just like you're a universalist, you believe like in every religion, essentially? Um, I-, I believe they're all plausible. So in my belief system, I, be, I believe perception is reality. So the way you perceive your reality makes it true for you. So if, if you fully believe something and you found power in it and it makes you a better person, I'm all for it. Go, go ahead. Gotcha. You, know? you don't believe in absolute truth? Absolute truth is something I don't think. Uh, you know, that's a great question because if I'm thinking about that now, I believe absolute truth would have to be, I guess, more physical than our belief system, in, in my opinion. Um, because our belief systems can only be built off of books, stories, uh, how we're raised, um, other people telling us what they think, and us subscribing to their thoughts. Um, thoughts are subjective. So the thing is, it, it kind of comes down to the fact that when it comes to a belief system, um, it's, it's hard to determine 
absolute truth. Okay. Yeah. And I was going to add, you, you were talking about the things that cause us to have our beliefs and I was going to add personal experience as well. Yeah. Personal experiences. Yes. You're totally right. Yeah. That's one thing I know. It was like, well, I think, I think more than anything where I've decided to land what in my belief system is personal experience. That's over like lit. And I'll be honest here. It's over the Bible. It's over for over what I've heard um, from any other pastor, online pastor, um, Christian leader, all that has helped. Don't get me wrong, but my personal experience is what has led me to where I am today. That's the most important thing for me, if that makes sense. And I, I'll have to say I agree with you there. That is definitely something I overlooked, but I 100% agree on uh, because my personal experience has brought me to where I am today. Excellent. Because for, from the first 23 years of my life, and again, that's including my childhood. I was raised as a Christian. But for the first 23 years of my life, I, I considered myself Christian. Twenty. So, how old are you now? I'm 26. So I've been pagan for three years. Okay. So 23 years you were a Christian. You were raised Christian. So you have Christian parents? Um, I have open-minded parents who practice Christianity. Okay. What, what caused you to walk away? Do you, was there one thing I, I, I have the, the, uh, the fans are probably getting bored of my same questions, but the, the same <laughs> questions are literally interesting. But they often bring different answers. Yeah. So what, yeah. um, what was there one thing that caused you to leave Christianity or was it, did it happen over time? So th this is actually a great question. because I, lo I love to talk about it. And, um, I read this book called The Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer. It's a really, really great book on a, uh, a philosophy of life that I subscribe to. And um, I was in a really, really dark place in my life about three years ago, uh, really dark. And at this time, and I'm not blaming Christianity, I was just a practice, practicing Christian. You know, I never like to attack any religion. That's not my goal here. Right. But in that, in that part of my life, I was in a pretty rough spot where everything was kind of falling apart around me. And I've always been a big dreamer and I felt like my dreams were just disappearing. They didn't exist anymore and nothing was ever working for me. And I was at work one day uh, at a job where I used to get nosebleeds on the daily. Uh, I dug pools in Arizona in 120 degree weather. I'd come home with nosebleeds, pretty much just pass out, go to sleep and very demotivated. Um, anyways, I started realizing that I need to start diving into myself. I need, there's something I'm missing. There's so something, I started, something off. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I can't, I, I don't want to allow myself to go down a dark path. I'm not that type of person. I'm all love here. And anyways, I went out and I looked for just books. And the first book that came up on my YouTube, I was like, uh, books on philosophy for life. Because obviously the way I'm viewing, viewing life right now isn't helping me. And I found The Untethered Soul on YouTube. And it's not on there anymore because it was, somebody must have posted it illegally. So they got it taken down. But you can buy the book. And the first chapter, I was at work listening to it uh, with my headphones in, digging a trench for a pool. And the first chapter, it talks about, um, I could go down that in a little bit, but I'm going to get closer to the answer for you so I don't go on a tangent. Anyways, in that first chapter, it, it stated like kind of the statement that helped me perceive life differently. And I literally had to sit down, take a deep breath. I got a little lightheaded on the fact that I just, kind of felt like I learned something new about me as a person. And from there, I got very interested and kept reading that book and kept diving deeper into that philosophy, um, which is kind of more like universalism. Um, uh, and it took me about six months to accept the fact that I no longer 
I no longer believed I was Christian. And it took me about a year to overcome, at least in, you know, in my view, the fear, the fear of like hell, hell the fear yeah. of being persecuted, the fear of being like, like, you know, damned for the way I believed and practiced. And it took me even longer to call myself a pagan. <laughs> so do you, um, do you have, do you believe you have true peace right now? I believe that I have the tools necessary to find peace when I feel like I'm out of it. Okay. Gotcha. So you bounce out of it every now and then and you feel like you've, um, um, developed the, the right things to put yourself back into peace whenever you start to go outside of it. Is that what you're saying? Basically? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much like it's, we're all in this human experience. Yeah. We're all human, you know, so we all go through our ups and downs. I can never claim to be perfect. Right. But I do believe now, whenever I do find myself trapped, I'm able to use the, what I've learned to, to guide myself out of that. What do your parents think of this? Were, were they, were they kind of shocked and uncomfortable at first? Um, and, and where are they at now with it? So I only had my father. So my mom passed away when I was very young. Sorry. Um, I appreciate it. But, um, you know, my dad is actually, so he, he reads the Bible. I still read the Bible. Many people, I, I, I talk about it. I do love, I love the teachings of the Bible. I'm not going to lie. Um, there's a lot of great stuff in there. Um, but the thing is my dad is very interested in the way I believe. In fact, he's actually adopted a lot of my belief system into his life. And, uh, he's living kind of the retired life. And he said he's never felt more at peace than he ever has in his entire life. And he's in his mid sixties. Do you pray? Do you pray to someone or something? No, no, I, I don't pray to anything. Um, I don't believe personally that anything needs worship. Um, and by needs worship, I mean, if you want to, you can. Um, but if there's an omnipresence or a, any type of being that is all knowing or all, all everything or all nothing at the same time, I don't believe it's in need of worship. I guess like we would prayer. believe the same thing, right? That Jesus, Jesus doesn't need our worship, right? Doesn't need it, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. Can you uh, define Christianity for me? Defining Christianity, that is a great, that is a great question. Because I, I believe Christianity, man. Because there's, I'd have to understand what you mean by Christian. Because at the end of the day, I, I believe Christian is an open term for people who believe in the Abrahamic God and, and follow and worship the Abrahamic God uh, or follow Jesus. Uh, I don't want to say follow Jesus' teaching necessarily because I do like Jesus' teaching. Okay. But when it comes to the God of the Abrahamic faith, I believe that would make you some denomination of Christian. Okay. What what do you mean by define Christi Christianity, Larry? Like define your question a little better. Well, Are you asking him like what his view of Christianity is? That would be a, a safe bet on that particular question. Um, a lot of people use Christianity as a coverall. Yeah. Um, yeah. First thing, I I was kind of going for what denominational background he had growing up. Oh, you're so trying I to could ah. understand. He wants to know: Are that. you are you Mormon? <laughs> That's what and, he wants and, to know. And secondly, <laughs> and secondly, the word Christianity is a actual description of one who believes in Christ. So mm, even, okay. even in your definition saying the God of Abraham, 
to believe in Christ, you will believe in God of Abraham because he is the father. But a lot of people believe in God and yet do not believe in Christ. Well, there's and people yet, too that believe that Christ Christian. There's people that believe that Christ is the son of God and not actually God himself. They believe that he's not the father. There's people that don't believe in the Trinity. They're, I mean, dude. Oh, I know. It, there's so it, many beliefs inside of our own belief, you know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. a yeah. spider it's, web. It's a big pretzel knot, but yeah. I, mostly I was shooting for denominational teachings uh, that he grew up in. Okay. Yeah, I was non-denominational. So when I grew up, I, I went to, uh, let's say the biggest influence would be to the way I believe would be like Hillsong. I used to go to Hillsong Church in California. Oh, okay. nice. All right. Well, at least, yeah, at least I can kind of sort of understand what's going on now. What, what's, yeah. what's all the, what a beautiful name it is. That song? Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. that one. <laughs> so I actually heard the band and everything. I knew them personally. You know, I lived out there for seven years. And I used to help put the chairs away. <laughs> you know, ah. I was that guy. So, but, sorry, uh, sorry if uh, if that song was like my voice was too beautiful. Like I understand if you need to take a minute to cry. So, hey man, thanks for real. You got the voice. I'm just saying. Wow. <laughs> well, there's a reason I'm a podcaster. Yeah, huh? that's like me saying yeah, I yeah. got the looks. Yeah. <laughs> it just ain't happening. Oh, hey, you brought you got up the that for radio, my friend. You brought no, up that song, dude. <laughs> you just brought up a crazy song that she got the na 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 na. Na 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 na. You remember yeah, that song? You, you were so busy talking, you didn't actually hear what our guest said. What he said? He said that's a good thing that you're in radio. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I tune out things that aren't in my you favor. You don't have to worry about your face being seen. Yeah, as much. That's yeah. great though. Hey, tune out things that aren't in your favor. I respect that. So, David. Yeah. Um, I've been asking this question for the like last four weeks, and it's just um, it's something that I like to uh, ask people to get their reaction on and to see what like mm-hmm. different um, sects of believe believership, I guess you can say, are at with Christianity. Um, and this question is it, it's a tough to answer, but I want a genuine answer from you. Um, if, okay. if there was a petition going around to outlaw Christianity, would you sign it? No. That's Why? a quick answer. Why? Uh, I, I outlaw a religion. Yeah. That's come on. Like that is just that's just removing the freedom of religion. Yeah. At at the end of the day, who am I to tell you what to believe? We've gotten you know? a yes before. Really? Yeah. Oof. They, hey, was it from? I hate to ask this. Was it from a North pagan? No, 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 no. Okay, good, good. I don't think I was gonna I... say we we don't really like those types of North pagans. <laughs> I got to say this, man. I got to say this. Um, that's one thing that is kind of bugging me is that how I'm able to sit down and me and Larry are literally able to agree that every Norse pagan that we've talked to has this nice energy about them and stuff like that. That's literally Good. what Christianity is designed for us to do. We are just not adhering by it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like Christians. I would agree to that. Christians yeah. are literally spoken to to have that energy and to display that love and stuff like that. And guess who you're allowing to take that torch? Norse pagans. And they're doing yep. they're doing it. You see what I'm saying? We need to be doing yeah. that. And that's just yeah, a, and it's I a conviction of my own. It's a conviction of my now, own. The biggest difference that I do feel is that they are more accepting of people who don't believe their way and I'm not as accepting of 
their beliefs. Yeah. That means I, I'm not tempted to go check it out or, you know. Yeah. That 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 has no draw to me. But why? Yeah. Why? Oh, hold on a second. No, let's talk about this for a second. Are you okay. sure you want to go there? Well, because I want to. Because I want to. <laughs> I terrify no, you I sometimes. Do. No, Larry. Larry's always. I'm always like. I'm getting better. I feel. I don't feel uncomfortable right now. <laughs> Normally, when Mark's here, I feel a little better because I know he can kind of wash it out if something happens. But I feel comfortable yeah, yeah. today with you, Larry. Um, but I guess here's my question: is is, um. I mean, besides this, uh, we're going to have this a full-fledged discussion with David right now, but I guess the qu my question is, is why can't we be accepting of religion besides the obvious fact of um, that we believe that they're going to burn in hell for eternity if they don't believe the same thing that we That's, do, right? And, and love for others wants us to give them that warning. Uh-huh. Not everyone is going to heed that warning. But they know. They know that if what we believe in is true. Some people true, don't know. Some people have not heard that Jesus loved them enough to die for them on a cross. Yeah. And we, we said we weren't going to go to all these extremes on religious talk right now, and you're bringing it's it up. It's not religious talk. It's a discussion. That's why I'm saying No, no, I, I, I like this because one of the biggest things that I live in my life, and I don't mean to just suddenly turn the turns and like start talking about me, but the thing is, like, this is perfect. Because the thing is, if we can't have discussions about this, then there's no progression. Yeah. Okay. So well, this, one, is, this is very good. We're not pushing our religion on him. We're just having a discussion of, literally, we're like two people that believe in Christianity, and then we have a eclectic pagan and believe in him, and we're discussing of why, why we haven't been able to coexist in the past and how we can now and what's right or wrong about that. Well, That's the discussion. That word in itself creates a problem to most people. What Christian? I would say to oh, most yeah. people, yeah. To, to I would coexist agree. means that, people, yeah. that uh, the, the, no matter what a person believes, they, they should all believe in the same thing. And, cool. and to be honest with you, that's what Satan really wants us to do, is to coexist, to not help change others. Like, mm. I, I have a, a, a friend of mine that is an older woman that, was raised in the Christian church and she talks like she's a Christian and she acts, you know, like she's somewhat a Christian in, in, in her beliefs in her speech and her mannerisms, not so much, but there's one particular thing in her yard that tells me, you know, do you really believe? Because if you really believed, you wouldn't have that. What is it? And, and I, I can't go there. Tell me what it is. Cannot go there. <laughs> Period. But, I'm like, not, like tell I, me what I just is. saw a deal on uh, one of the Facebook reels this morning where a lady was ordered her son some food and the, and the DoorDash. I'm not technologically savvy, okay, David? So bear with me just a little bit. DoorDash is where you order food, right? Yeah, they bring it to you. Yeah. They bring it to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, they bring you the food. Yeah. Don't okay, ever do so it. He, so he special. was not, or she was uh, too busy to make her kids some something to eat so she ordered something and yeah. when it got there the guy walks up with a cup and it she blew up she blew up she was not going to let that in her house and she had ordered kfc and on their cups they're advertising diablo oh which is satan ah uh, 
Okay. And so okay. like she instantly was not allowing that into her house. And you think that's and what when she we should coexist. Do? Oh, I totally agree with her. But when we when we quote unquote coexist, we allow everything into our house and everything comes with a spiritual battle into yeah. our house. And well, I, the Bible tells us not to have ahead, two masters. Do you think what do you think about that, David, about the whole cup story thing? What do you think about that? So I like that analogy. It's, it's, a, it's a great analogy, and I definitely have felt that way. Um, uh, I'm going to preface this with a little story really quick. When I was younger, I used to listen to Alice in Chains. Okay. You know, okay. I know that's definitely not a band that, that you guys agree with. <laughs> Go but, um, Larry's I, heard of Alice in Chains. There you go. Hey, no, I was kidding. But um, I used to live in this place. I was homeless for a, for a time, and I lived with a, a family that took me in. And I had some shirts that were like Metallica shirts, and I was listening to Alice in Chains. And I come home from school one day, and all my stuff is on the porch. And she says, "None of these demonic things will be in my house." Praise the Lord. Yeah, you know? and I was like, "All right, you know, I, I respect that. You know, I get it. I'm in your home. I have no right to intrude." Looking back at that, would you agree that what you fight fights back? She, well, what do you mean by that? She probably could have explained herself a little so, bit. Oh, gotcha. You're giving no, power. I, yes. And, and, you're giving power to those things. Yes, you are. In God's name, you know, and again, I'm speaking like, you know, I'm, I'm speaking from as if I'm from your end here. Cause I want to agree with you on this, but I also want to share my perspective. Okay. Go ahead. You know, in God's name, there's nothing that can overpower him. Correct. So if that is in your house and that is making you uncomfortable, you are giving it power. Yes, you are. So, so so he's saying but, that he's saying about the cup thing he's yeah. saying that when he was a christian he knows the god that he's serving so powerful that that little cup coming in his house is going to literally do nothing that's what david is saying. yeah that is, that's what i would that's how i would view it i'd be like cool awesome sweet no yes. power to me <laughs> you know that's, that's a lot perspective. stronger faith than most christians walk in do you understand yeah. that yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I fully what, agree. What I'm saying is that we do have influences from the world constantly barraging us from point yeah. A to point B. Like yeah. I'm sure that you watched the Super Bowl. That was a demonic um, display at halftime. Oh, I I believe in uh, what's it called, like occult and everything. I I know all that. Stuff. Okay, like, that was in, in our the, world in the Grammys. I, totally I believe. believe I believe it was the Grammys just like weeks before that was the same thing. Didn't they literally do the Illuminati sign? Yes. They, they, they <laughs> yeah. literally do They're that not even hiding all over now. They're not hiding it anymore. But yep. those influences are to influence your children, not you. Yeah. Those influences yeah. are to take away any influence of Christ in this world. And, we're, and they're doing that by coexist. If I can cram... All of this down to where you'll finally shut up about this or that, then you start losing your ground and in influence. And no matter what this today's society believes, this country was founded on God and the freedom and of I God. I agree to that. That is what the that is what this country and, was built on. And, and I respect just, that. Just as in Hosea, where where the Lord is is uh, uh, actually comparing Israel to a whore we -hmm. have become that whore yeah this country has become that can i say something that just popped in my head and maybe you can give me um maybe you and david can give me some insight on this because like here's the way i've been feeling lately okay Mm -hmm. it's about the 
it's about the cup thing that you just said about allowing that that Diablo cup in that lady's house. I think about that stuff all the time. The the um, anointing your house because of yes. you feel something demonic, doing all this stuff and having to protect yourself and stuff like that. Like, um, when I read the New Testament, I hear Paul talking a lot about freedom in Christ. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't feel that freedom, and I'm being honest. I'm being honest right now. I feel yeah. I feel that I have to walk around in fear all the time that I'm going to make the wrong mistake and allow this demonic influence in my life that I'm going to talk to the wrong person or I'm going to or one of these pagan witches is going to cast a spell on me and I'm not going to have my armor of God or I'm going to have a chink of my armor that day and then I'm going to um walk off a cliff and then or my whole family's going to die because I allowed all these people I mm. I'm not walking around I don't feel that freedom that we're talking about and I feel like I, a lot I of Christians really don't. Like that you said that. I really, See, I'm being, because, yeah. I'm being real and honest. I know, I know, we have people, pastors that listen to this and stuff like that. But I'm just being real about how I feel. I don't feel that freedom in Christ, man. And that right there is you exercising your freedom. Yeah. The thing is, the fact that you feel safe enough to say that is yeah. so empowered for yourself. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we are the temple. And I'm speaking from the Christian eye. Yeah. We are the temple of God. God lives within us right yeah so if we can arm ourselves you know like and i'm speaking from the christian eye of course i'm speaking through you because at the end of the day i'm not here to tell you what to believe but the thing is if this is what you want might as well make it strong yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like go for it man if if, i want you to live a life you love and if you love your life and with your belief system in it you're doing great but if you're walking around in fear, maybe there's something you have to confront. No, that's what and I'm that's saying. That there is something yeah. I have to confront because um, I don't think the Bible tells you you have to walk around in fear of it allowing doesn't. a KFC cup to come in your house and stuff like no, that. it doesn't. But there yeah. is a freedom. There's supposed to be a freedom in Christ, and I'm not feeling that it's right It's allowing now. those small things to make influence on you without yeah. realizing it. And then the next time you get another yeah. influence and then another influence. And you have been influenced by um, nefarious witches. Yeah. yeah you, that yeah. has come against you. So you understand that there is a truth in spiritual warfare, which yeah. is what Paul talked no, about. No, there is. Like, I and, mean, I'll just be honest. And, like, I felt um, I've done lives before, David, where um, yeah. w- witches were in there. And I felt like when I was talking, my mouth was full of sand. This is the weirdest thing I ever felt. And I knew I was having a um, spell cast on me. I still, to this day, have never felt anything like it except when I was doing that live that day. But do you believe they have power? <clears throat> well, um, I don't know. I don't didn't know. didn't until then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't yeah, know. They, yeah, yeah. they technically shouldn't, <laughs> right? But obviously something. Look, there's, there's tons of influences out there. But what we can stand in the freedom of Christ is knowing that our heart is protected when we have allowed him to be the master. There is nothing that comes against me. I put on my armor of God to remind my mind that I am Christ. That was an affirmation. I am Christ. And I love that. I I love that you said that. Yeah, affirmations are important. I don't do those. Do you do those, David? You should. Yeah. I don't say you should. I don't mean you need to. But affirmations are a form of like it's a it hold on it's a spiritual practice but spirituality is not religious 
So the thing is, you can have the spiritual practice of affirmation while also having your religious practice. So I kind of understand you know? what he's saying because yeah. it's not about religion. I've said this what yeah. 47 times in the 32 <laughs> episodes that we've had. Yeah. It's not about religion. It is about a relationship with Christ. And through yeah. Christ, I can accomplish all things. And when I say that, I can accomplish all things that glorify God because Christ in me. Just because I set my mind to building something I is beyond my capabilities doesn't mean that I'm going to accomplish that because Christ is in me. Yeah. I'm going to accomplish things that the Father wants me to do. Yeah. And wants me to be able to uh, set that particular example. There you go. Yeah. Because of Christ in me, I can I cannot blow up at somebody. Um, because Christ is in me, I can have a muzzle on my mouth, and it doesn't matter what my my flesh is screaming to say. You've been offended. Yeah. No. Yeah. I can yeah. say through Christ, I that through Christ who strengthens me, I don't have to retaliate. David, in your David, in your belief system, um, do. What happens when you die? What do you think happens when you die? So, ooh, this is this is good because um, let me. I, I like to preface a little bit of things with with why I believe there in, in the. Um, let me just preface a little bit about sure. what I believe first. Floor yours, man. Is I I believe in a source, so I call it source. You know, you guys call it God. I call it source. I think it's an unbiased everything and nothing. Um, imagine trying to experience your faith without a mirror. Okay. You, you can't look at your face without a mirror. Okay. So this is, I promise this is leading to what you said. Oh, you said face, uh, face. I thought you said faith. Okay. Yeah. I get what you're no, saying. Now. You can't see your face. So you're this source that can't experience itself. So you create a vessel and everything in existence and you forget what you are. So you can experience everything that is and everything that is you, you know, uh, Christians like to say, you know, God is within us. You know, Christ is within us, you know, walking alongside us. I believe that we are source. We are all part of the divine, you know, if, if that's the right word to use. You know, that's the word I, I recognize. And through that, when our life ends here, we reconnect with that divine source, with that experience of ourselves. You know, it's kind of like, wow. I get what, what he's saying. What experience that was. So, you know, we're all here to have a human experience as a spirit. Bible does say God created us in his own image. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a cool exactly. concept of why, um, why, you know, yeah. Kind of shaded, yeah, so, shaded just a little bit different. My overall exactly. thought process is yeah. exactly what he just said. So you don't, um, you don't believe in um, Valhalla or Hale? Um, I believe those are realities for people. Um, I don't believe in those as places. I believe as those in those as mindsets. Okay, because some yeah. some Norse pagans pick um, Valhalla, right? It's a little harder to get there. Um, but Valhalla is a warrior's life. Yeah, yeah. and um, Hale mm -hmm. is the the other place, right? Yeah, Hale is kind of like a continuation of life. It's not necessarily torture. Okay, you know who else? Uh, somebody the, else talked the about the source. They called it the source. Was that um, who was that? Was that Nero? Nero, com comment might, on might this one been, if if been. you were talking about the source. I can't remember. I think it was. Well, that's a that's a cool concept. So you don't believe you don't believe in eternal suffering at all. There's a place for anyone that of eternal suffering. 
No, I don't believe in hell. Why? No. What'd you say? He asked why. Oh, wow. Great question. Um, I don't feel like in my life, in my experience, fear has done nothing for me. And with my experience in my Christian practice, I, I walk around in fear of, me- of, of hell. If I died now, would I go to heaven or hell? And the thing is, by creating that spectrum there, we create a fear-based uh, existence where we're making decisions based off fear instead of just being authentically good, you know? And at the end of the day, we only live, let's say, 80 years. You know, that's on a good, that's good. Yeah, 80 years, 100 yep. years. And if eternity, I don't believe in if eternity, with eternity, being judged on 80 years of eternity sounds absolutely ridiculous to me, personally. I'm not telling you it is ridiculous. It just feels ridiculous to me. I'll say this. I'll say this. I've always been honest with the audience, and I think I told Larry this in, in private um, recently, but I'm going to say it on air, and I'm going to I'm gonna try not to cry. I've been getting emotional today. But, um, like, um, are good. The, this is episode 32, so we're well-seasoned into this thing. And I have met um, at least 30 of you. <laughs> Yeah. At least 30 of you who I can say that I love. Um, I usually keep in contact with um, a lot of you that I speak with. Yeah. And um, I love I love these people, man. And I appreciate that. The thought of um, them going to hell and burning in eternity doesn't set what with me. No, it doesn't. And it shouldn't. Yeah. That, sh- that should be what drives us to witness to them and bring them into the light instead of letting them rest yeah. in the darkness. And I've been trying to reach out to God and be like, Hey, why, why would you do this? Like why? But he didn't. Yeah. I get that. I get the Christian. I get it. I know. I know the, I know, but can I, I just back been, up just a little bit here real quick? Yeah. David, if you don't mind, one of the first things you said about your belief system was perception is reality. Did I yeah. get that correct? Yeah. Okay. What's been, playing in my back of my mind the whole time listening um, today, you know, well, look back at history. I mean, we've got all these inter- sources of entertainment back in the day that were designed to deceive. And now as it gets more and more with technology, it becomes easier and easier to deceive. Yeah. How do people of your faith handle that? You know, knowing that there's people out there that do whatever, you know, look at AI and some of the stuff they've creating now and CG stuff. <clears throat> so if oh, are you asking me about my idea of AI? Well, no, I'm saying if, if you're, it sounded like perception is reality. It was one of the core parts of your belief system. Yeah. So if, but if you perceive something and it was a deceit, he's asking if, what if you're being deceived? What if, what if that perce- what if what you're perceiving is a lie? That's what he's asking. That's a great question because the thing is it could work on both, both ends. You know, um, the, the, the freeing thing about that is, in my eyes, is when you ask that question to me, do you ask that to yourself? You know, and it, it's important to ask that, you know, because it, it's true. There's a lot of deception out there. There's a lot of people, a lot of things. Um, I believe in the you know, spirit world, personally. I believe that we've created a spirit world so real that, um, you know, 
it's very plausible all of us could be wrong. What's your being what's your response to that, Lindell? Of of have you thought about what um, your belief system, our belief system is? Have you thought about that um, us being deceived? And have you thought of it at length? And what what have you came to on that? Well, from my perspective, <laughs> right? Um, you know, I go through there, and sometimes I feel see some stuff that make me uncomfortable, whatever, and so I will delve into it. But I always fall back on, and it's based on self experience, but. Like I've shared before, you know, I've experienced many miracles, supernatural, and I give God the credit and the glory. So it's kind of hard for me not to believe. Yeah. Because, um, you know, because we've had people, you know, I'm sure we, everybody here has talked to people, you know, science is the answer and stuff, and science didn't have any answers for me. The only thing that saved me was Christ and, and the healing powers. Yeah. Um, but you know, that just stuck with me because I remember thinking, you know, growing up watching magicians and stuff, and, um, you know, as a kid, you know, I'm a, have always had a skeptical mind. I was trying to figure it out. And sometimes I couldn't figure out how they perform some trick. And, uh, even to this yeah, day, it's about crazy, man. Uh, David, have you ever had any supernatural experiences? Oh, man, when it comes to supernatural experiences, um, I guess it all depends on what you mean for that yourself, because yes, I would say that I've experienced supernatural experiences that, that back up the way I believe. Can I tell and, you, can um, I tell you one of mine and it'll kind of define it for you? Definitely. Yeah. Go right ahead. So I, um, I used to do a Bible. Well, we still do, a, um, the ministry, the help my unbelief ministry still does a Bible study every day. It's just not me running it anymore. Um, okay. but I used to, I used to run it and, um, um, we were about to head into, I think I remember the chapter and everything. Um, uh, let's just, I'm going to say that it was numbers chapter 27, um, is where, or numbers chapter 20, 26 or something is where we were starting the next day in the Bible study. And, um, I woke up in the middle of the night and I heard God essentially whisper to me in the way that the Holy Spirit's always spoke talk to me and I heard him say the spear of Phineas and I go oh wow that's I don't know what that is I feel like I've heard that somewhere before but um I don't really know where that is uh, I don't know what that is and then I started to go back to sleep and I heard God say no write it down and I basically argued with God for a minute because I knew if I woke up I wouldn't I'd have a hard time going back to sleep but he insisted mm -hmm. that I write it down so I, I wrote it down in a note in the notes on my phone the spear of Phineas well, I ended up, um, a, uh, you know, as I said, I wasn't able to go back to sleep, so I Googled it, and the Spear of Phineas is a story in the next chapter of the Bible that we were going to read the next day. And so I knew that there was some sort of message that God was trying to send me from that, and to this day, I still haven't figured out the message, um, but that was pretty alarming of... Um, I've never had anything that precise that would be far-fetched uh, enough for me to be a coincidence, for my mind to just create this um, phrase that I've probably heard before, um, but it's probably been, been rarely, and then for it to be a coincidence enough that we were reading it the next day. That, to me, is a spiritual experience. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, definitely, which is really cool because that does narrow it down for me to be able to kind of explain yeah, a spiritual experience I've had in, in my life, and um, 
that actually comes from that first chapter of the book I talked about in the beginning uh, when we first got on, The Untethered Soul. So in short, it's going to sound crazy, but in short, it's the, the first time you experience yourself as the spirit and not the human. And that not what for now? me was so not human. You're oh, the spirit. Gotcha. So you, your human is a vessel. You are here on earth having a human experience. You are not a human having spiritual experience. You are the spirit having spiritual experiences in a human vessel. I, I, I've so, said that like three, three episodes ago. I said the same exact thing that, that you said right yeah. now. That we are, yeah, that we are that. spiritual beings having a human being experience. Yeah. So the first time I've ever, I ever experienced myself, myself, you know, and that's the right word, self. Um, I, I am, you know, when God, when he said, I am that I am, you know, when I say I am David, I'm saying I am label, you know, fill in blank here. I am not the human. I am spirit labeled David. So uh, I am that I am. When it says that in the Bible, that is the source speaking that I am that I am, you know? So that first part of you that you say, I am David, I am that, you know, and that that's God or source speaking or communicating with us in the way that we'll perceive it best. And some people perceive it as, you know, Christian gods. Some people perceive it as Odin or, you know, Norse gods or Greek or whatever it is to them. The spirit I am is speaking to us. I am. Because we are one with it. Do you um, do you believe the yeah. source? Do you believe the source? Since he created you, and he created you so he could look at himself, do you believe that he deserves your love? Um, I believe it is love. It is love. It is light. It is all. So it doesn't need. It doesn't need. I guess is the best way to say it. You know, it it's. It just is. So it doesn't need anything. It just, this is, this is the experience. The way your life plays out before you is the way it's, the way it is. You know, it's, um, not here needing anything. It, your, your vessel needs to move forward and, um, how your life develops itself. You know, the, the, the perspectives you create, the thoughts you have, the belief system, the faith, like all of that, that all develops itself in this human experience as a spiritual being we don't desire anything yeah our spirit is is non-biased our spirit is existence itself our human existence is what craves these these uh what's it called this information i guess is the right way to put it do you um do you still every now and then when you're walking around or doing whatever do you is it still does the fear of hail still pop in your head every now and then and and not anymore not, not anymore it used it used to be a lot it used to be like again it took me about eight months to accept the fact that i could call myself pagan <laughs> you know uh, and i use that word as an umbrella term pagan eclectic pagan people have a stigma on the word pagan especially when i was christian personally i thought the word pagan was and you guys probably do believe this like devil worship these are de devil worshipers these are people who have been tempted and switched over by the devil. Um, but I don't believe in a devil. <laughs> I, I always thought that they were like, oh, the devil's my friend. You know, like, oh, 
But in this belief system, there is no fear hanging over you. It's, it's, there's no fear there. It's just, it's freedom. It's almost like, well, it's let almost me like entertain love. a concept for me real quick then. Sure. You, yeah. be, you believe in a source that is love. That is all good. Yeah. What is the source of bad and evil then? Well, I, I, I need to clarify that I believe source is everything and nothing. It is the balance. So, so you believe um, the source uh, is evil is is the source of evil as well? It it is balanced. So it is non-biased. So the best example I can use and I, I there's a ton of arguments that come around this and I'm more than happy to like talk about them. But my best explanation for this is what we perceive as evil will be completely different to a whole other group of people, such as a cannibalistic tribe. Who are we to tell them they are wrong when that is their culture? And I, I disagree. I think cannibalism is bad. The majority would agree with me, but they do not. Yeah. So at the end of the day, there's a, there's a blurred line between right and wrong. And I believe spirit is unbiased. It is just the experiences. And then we add our perception and our, and what we've been taught and learned and adapted to to that action and create negative or positive. Fair enough. So mm -hmm. do you, um, do you ever see yourself returning to Christianity again? Or is this, is this your life? Now? Is this your life? This is it. So I am an, I call myself an experiencer. I allow the experiences of my life to slowly evolve me as a human being. Okay. Um, I don't see that in my future, but I'm also not one of those people that just closes off from everything. Uh, I'm very open-minded. I love to learn. And that's one of the reasons I'm on this podcast today is because I just love to talk to people about what they believe because I want to learn too. I'm very open. Um, the only reason I believe what I do is because I feel like I understand it. And that's why I'm open to conversation about it. Yeah. I'm sorry. David, Lindell again, um, hey. and I apologize, but my ears, I don't know why they're attuned to this, but I keep hearing perceived perception over and over again. And so I mm -hmm. want to explore that a little bit more. Definitely. Um, you know, we, when you, going back to my first question about um, possibly being deceived, if you know, if you're basing, am I, am I correct first? Am I correct in my assumption based on your first statement that, uh, perception is reality is a core portion of your belief system. Yes. Okay. Um, that I seemed like it was important to you. That's why, and I keep hearing it. And that's why I want to explore that a little more. Um, yeah, that's why I talk about it a lot. It's, it's, it's definitely something I believe heavily in and I'm very open to whatever you're about to say next. So, well, sure. I appreciate that. I really do. Um, so, you know, as a Christian, you know, we kind of asked, you explored that a little bit from your side. You know, our standard is the Bible. You know, if I do have a question sometimes about spiritual things, do you, in your belief system, what is your standard if you have concern that you're being deceived or your perception may not be what it, the, the true reality is? So, do you have uh, a standard to everything that's measured by? Ah, uh, standard. There you go. So, 
what is the, kind of the standard of my perception? Is that what you're asking? Basically. Okay. And like, how would I know what I perceive is, is my truth? Yeah. How, he's asking how, how do you test what your beliefs are? Like, um, we, by testing them. Yeah. We, we have to, like the Bible says for us to test every spirit, to test every spirit against the word of God, to test every spirit, if it, if, whether it confesses that Jesus is Lord or not, to test Perfect. every thought. Um, like we yeah. test everything against the Bible. How do you Good. test what your thoughts and beliefs are? Um, I always, I like, I like this question because we all have that gut feeling of truth. You're like, this feels real. You, you, I, I, I say we all, but I can't speak for everybody. But from my perspective and the way I, I say perspective again, the way I'm viewing life and the way I'm going through this experience in my life is, is feeling faith. Uh, I've learned to heavily trust my intuition um, in my entire life. And the, the times I don't trust my intuition is usually when my life goes down the, down the rabbit hole, like the bad rabbit hole. Not, I'm not talking about a spiritual rabbit hole. I'm just talking about like, you know, dark rabbit hole. And so that gut feeling of this feels like it has something in it. Let's explore. And by testing it against the Bible, I really like that you said that because I believe the truth stands up to testing. So Absolutely. what I do is I, I'll take a philosophy that I'm interested in. If it feels true to me, if it feels true to me, I test it in my life. I incorporate. I say, how does this feel without adding my bias, without adding my other, like, belief system into it and trying to fight it how does it does this feel real does this feel like it gives me um that it improves the life i'm living or uh improves me as a person makes me feel better you know and uh okay i want to bring a light to the world i guess uh, that's what i want to say so a synopsis a synopsis of what you're saying is if when you get something that you feel is um correct or right you um, test it in your own life, and if you see fruits come from it, then you know it's good. And if you see negative fruits, then you know it's bad. Yeah, usually I integrate. Uh, I'll integrate it, and I'll see if it's true. So I believe in manifestation. This is the best example I can use. Um, I fully believe in it now. Um, when I was Christian, I heard that word, and I don't know how you guys feel that, but when I was Christian, when I heard that word, manifestation, I thought, oh, magic. Uh, do you guys think that? Or? Okay, so let me explain something to you. There's a concept in the Bible. There's a concept in the Bible that some denominations of Christianity, they will. Um, there's a Bible where it says that if you pray for something and you believe that you are going to receive what you pray, then you've already received it. Meaning, though, that even, even if you haven't yeah. received it yet, even if you haven't received it yet, if you pray for something and believe that you already have it, then God, then then you, then that's that faith. Your faith has essentially awarded you that item, correct? Yes. Now, some denominations yeah. will say that is not manifestation, and that manifestation is evil, and they'll say that, um, and they'll say that is um, the way God has it. Um, and then some deno- denominations basically call that manifestation and and um, chop it up to what it is, you know. So I don't really, I don't know, re- really know where I stand on that concept. I know we do. Um, Larry tells me to do that all the time, that um, to pray like, I, and this Larry does too, to pray. Hold on just a second. Are you still with us, David? Yeah, Larry. 
You hung up on him or something. There we go. Sorry about that. Are you there? Oh, hold on. Uh, yeah, get it connected. Sorry. One second. 14, sorry. I had 14 texts coming in at one time. <laughs> okay, there we go, David. Sorry. That's a bad thing oh, about th- today particularly. I tried something without me being there and it's not working it, it worked overall but it's just throwing things into a tizzy so okay. i apologize for that inconvenience David. so anyway um so yeah that's i mean that that would um to me that would kind of fall in line with manifestation the only difference between manifestation and 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 that concept would be that we believe we would give god the credit um for whatever results are and then manifestation you you're taking the credit essentially, so it's all who you give the, I give the glory universe to the credit the because universe. source. So you you guys say you give God credit you, and I'm not talking for you, but I'm just saying like you give God credit, and I give source credit. But the thing is, since we are part of source, it is also us. You know, so the thing is, if you give God credit, but God is within you, it is also you. Okay. You know, and, and that's how I view it. Of course, I'm not telling you how to believe, but um, it, it, we just kind of have different names for things. Um, I believe, and this kind of goes down to the to the base of it is the Bible was written by man, and I believe that you you know, I believed when I was Christian that it was written in the uh, inspiration of God. God spoke through them to write these and created this divine book, basically. And divine might be the wrong word, but that's what I say now. And um, I love the teachings in the book that from this perspective, you can see truth. And then there's also parts of the book where you see human. And the, there's a lot of human parts in the Bible that I feel like are just, here's the word again, perspective. This is what I viewed. Got, like Jesus sat down and prayed in the, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the garden he prayed out where he was tempted by the devil um, before he was crucified. And maybe he wasn't praying. Maybe that's the perspective of the person who was writing it. That right there looks like prayer. I'm going to write down prayer. Maybe he was sitting there in a state of, is this the reality I'm creating for myself right now? Is this what's manifesting into my life? You know, but again, it's the, the way things were back then is so different. And with translation is so different um, that it just makes it difficult to know if that's exactly what happened or if that was just a perception written by a human. Right. I've, you, you mentioned, um, I, I've said this before, but I'll say it to you just because I know you haven't heard it yet. But um, the, yeah. the human part of the Bible you talk about, it... Um, it's crazy. Like the gospels, the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're all they're there. I'm sure you know this, but they're all different accounts of, of Jesus's um, life, death and resurrection. Yeah. Different um, perspective. Yeah. I used to be a, I used to be a police officer. Um, I did it for the majority of my twenties. I was, um, I did it for almost a decade and um, I had moved my way um, up the ranks at one point to Sergeant. I, I moved all the way up to chief of police at one point, but in this particular story, I was a, wow. sar- a sergeant. Um, but, um, and one of my duties as a sergeant was to, um, was to red pin is what we called it. Um, police officers reports. What would happen is like, if something, something happened like a crime or something or an event, like say a bar fight. Right. And yeah. say four cops went to this, um, bar fight 
And all four of them would have to write an account of what they saw that night. Mm, and it have to be the different perspective. And never, ever, ever was it the same. Was it ever even close? I mean, and this guys, this could be literally less than a less than half of a day after this happened. And I I would go into a room and question these guys and be like, guys, um, we kind of we kind of important that we get these details right here. And they would they would rather <laughs> chop off their foot than change their answers on that report. And mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm talking about little details like the color of a person's shirt, um, which in law enforcement is actually a big deal. Um, whether like one time, whether there was a, a puddle in the parking lot or not, we had yeah. to drive to the, they were arguing so hard whether there was a puddle in a parking lot or not that we had to drive and see. And there wasn't. And the other guy that wrote that there was a puddle in there was flabbergasted that there wasn't a puddle in the parking lot. To him, there was a puddle for some reason in that parking lot. Does that make sense? And whenever yeah, I yeah. read those maybe gospels. Maybe he had his galoshes on and he was <laughs> jumping up and down in it. Maybe, yeah. And he had the little squeaky. That up. I just read a, a testimony from a former police officer that was an atheist. And he went in, after being bombarded by Christians, he went in to read the Bible so he knew how to fight back. And when he got to those gospels and saw that for himself, that's when he was convinced it was true. Because he saw little, he says, if it had been purposefully written out, they would all matched perfectly. But because there were some minor discrepancies, like I experienced in real life, again, going back to what you say, David, his perception yes. was, this is real. Yep. This made it real for him. Yeah. Yeah. So to, to that officer, Christ. that puddle was there, but it re- in reality, it wasn't there. But like, here's the thing. When I read the Gospels, I was like, oh, this is just like a police report. These guys... These guys were writing down what they saw. And and I guess the Gospels were written like up to 70 years after the events happened too. So I think it was done by Yeah, there was definitely far. Yeah. Um, so I've got, a, I've got a question for you, David. Th- this will probably be yeah. my last question and we could discuss this a little bit. And then, and then what we do at the end of the show is we go around the room and we all say like a closing um, phrase each. And then because you're our guest, you'll get the closing um, at the very end of your statement you want to say. Um, right. and then we'll call it good there, but, um, I got one more question for you. Um, go right ahead. in our belief system, the, um, the thing I have to ask myself whenever I'm sitting down and asking myself if Christianity is true and if Christ is the truth and the end all be all is if Christ rose from the dead, that is the end all be all for me because no one just runs around rising from the dead, especially, especially after being dead for three days. Well, inside those Gospels, evidence leads me to believe that Christ did raise from the dead. And I know I know it can be disputed and it cannot be proven, right? I understand that. Um, yeah. But to you, what do you, what do you take of the resurrection? What, what do you make of the resurrection of Christ? Because Paul even says in the Bible that if the resurrection didn't happen, then Christianity doesn't even exist. The resurrection is the end all be all of Christianity. So what, what do you okay. make of that Christ rising from the dead? At this point in my life, I could say it's plausible. Um, the, the fact that I do believe in, um, for lack of a better word, I, I guess I'd say miracles, you know, like things happening that are just like absolutely mind blowing. Um, and I believe at some point 
in all of human history on this planet that it it could have happened you know and even though it can't be proven no maybe it didn't maybe it did um i can't lock down an answer on that in my current stage of belief if that makes sense if it did what then uh if it did that's awesome um i like i said i haven't said this actually i usually talk about this i believe for lack of a better term jesus was one of the first people recorded one of the first people recorded to fully wake up to the the realization that he is part of source he is god you know for lack of a better term so by realizing that he also realized the true potential or the true power within our human experience so he was trying to share the the power we all have as all children of god all with god within us source within us um that we could be like quote-unquote christ you know we can be like christ it's it's he first woke up, so he realized the power that he has as a spiritual being. And I, I believe that it is possible to to incarnate yourself as a spiritual being on this earth to leave a message. Okay. And I believe that's completely possible that Jesus was capable of that um, as somebody who was a fully awakened being. And again, I don't mean woke, like current modern wokeness. That's not what I mean. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. I just want to clarify. I, I'm you just not became Larry's best modern. friend. <laughs> cool. Cool. Cause I don't subscribe to the modern woke system, um, no, but by awake, I mean, he became aware of the fact that he is a spiritual being, not a human being. Okay. And he, he tapped into that spiritual power and then tried to teach everybody that it was possible for them to do the same. If he fo- if they followed his way, like the way he was teaching it, follow me and I can guide it. I can guide you to it. Okay. And um, that's the message I believe he was trying to get across, but it's just tough because he wasn't the run who wrote the Bible. So it's from other perspectives. Yeah. Well, that's the thing there. There are, um, see what you're sa- what you're saying. Um, it ties into what I'm reading in the Bible, but then there's a few statements that give, that take me back from what you're saying a little bit, like Jesus, okay. Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth and the life that no one comes to the father except through me. So he's saying, I'm the only way into heaven. That's it. Like he even claimed that him and the father are one person. But I guess you're saying that you believe we're all one with, um, with the source, right? But you're all children of God. Jesus said, Jesus claimed to be the only way into heaven. That's why, like what you're saying, like um, I've read the Bible before, and what you're saying, it, it checks some bullet points in there, and then yeah. and then I remember those Bible verse, and it makes it it brings it takes me back a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, this goes to the statement too earlier when I said the statement "I am." Um, the statement I am is source. I am. I am the way, the truth, and the light. He was talking about his spiritual self and trying to guide people to that spirit. And again, this is from my view and from what I've learned and from the power that's worked in my life. Yeah. So I'm not telling you how to believe. But the thing is, when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the light, he's talking about I am the way, the truth, and the light. I. I understand what you're spirit. saying now. Yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Thank you for uh, sharing your perspective, man. I appreciate that. Um, okay, yeah, we're, of course. We're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to do the rounds. Um, Lindell, do you have something to say um, in closing? I just appreciate your time and being open with us. 
Okay. I appreciate you. Thank you. Angela? I just want to say thanks for coming on the show. Okay. Awesome. Okay. That's very um, kindergarten of you two. Just very five-second-y. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. You want me to follow suit? My name's Angela, and I like fire trucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Larry? I'm going to touch base with a couple of the things that you said. One of them, um, I do believe that your kind of definition on how Christians see pagans is pretty close. Um, the Jews in the Bible talk about anybody who did not believe in the way that they believed was a heathen. Mm-hmm. And Christians mm-hmm. tend to look at anybody who does not believe the way they do as pagan. Yeah. So, I mean, I can, I can kind of sort of see the relation in what you were speaking there. Yeah. Um, more importantly, I, I have had that feeling in the past and, and, and I'm trying to articulate it in a manner that doesn't get me in trouble with a, five million other people um i too feel that god has taken a bit of his self and put it in each person that's Mm -hmm. uh, that is the essence of our breath when when we i actually saw this on it just came to my mind i actually saw this on one of the videos that they have proven that at the moment of conception the moment that the sperm actually penetrates the egg, that there is a presence of light at that instant. It's microscopic, but it is, to me, what I've always felt. When life begins in a person, that is the presence of God entering into that union. Whether it be... It doesn't, it doesn't matter how that sperm got to that egg. There's not a yeah. person out here without a soul. There's not a person That's out a here without a soul. That's a beautiful way to do that. Do That's what? a beautiful way to do that. I, I honestly believe that God puts, a, 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 in human terms, a microscopic part of him into our being, that we constantly strive to recognize, find, and reunite with. So those without, and we have that longing for, that is a longing for the presence of God because that one little piece is screaming to be reunited with the overall presence of God, which you refer to as the source. And God is the source. God is the source of all life. God is the source of all breath. God is the source of everything in this complete universe and beyond. His word carries the weight and his word carries the power. So given that, I, I, I was actually nodding my head with you. You know, you, you, you may have a little bit different understanding of what I feel, but I feel very close to it is huh? what you are say are stating there. Yeah, it's very close. Um, t- today, my 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 biblical. I usually say a verse with each person. You are going to say a verse, or you're going to get me in I, trouble. I am going to say a verse, but he says a verse every week, and one week he didn't do it, and I thought people were going to have a conniption. But I mean, this one here is 
Ecclesiastic has, has been on my heart today. And um, it says here in verse, it, back in the chapter 7, I started this, uh, our intro with a verse which happens to be Ecclesiastics 7, but this one is Ecclesiastics 7.27. It says, look, says the teacher, this is what I've discovered. Adding one thing to another to discover the scheme of things. While I was still searching at, but not finding, I found one upright man among a thousand but not one upright woman among them all. This only have I found. God made mankind upright, but men have gone in search of many schemes. Hmm. Whoa. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. David, I really appreciate you uh, coming on and spending some time with us and talking. I I feel that we did. We had a good conversation. It really wasn't a, a, a battle. Yeah, uh, I'm not I trying agree. to. I'm not trying to prove my way to believe. What I see is that your belief. It's an odd combination that you started off in the <laughs> way that you did, and then you know you're stepping into something else. The truth of it is that none of us can have two masters. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we mm-hmm. we have to. Find one, pick one. Unfortunately, the time is very short, and it's not a fear thing. It's a chance to rejoice that everything that I have believed in, even when I walked away from God, I was still called back to his presence. And I get to rejoice because eventually I will get to join that source nice okay my turn um (laughs) david uh thank you thank you for sharing your time with us man i appreciate it um i've watched you on tiktok for i don't know a couple months now or something like that um your energy just even on there and on here translated over is just um so peaceful um very freeing um and I enjoy that. I'm glad that you are representing your um, your community as such. And I wish more um, Christians could represent um, our community the way that you are representing yours. Um, Amen. So, um, wow, that means a lot. Thank you. So, here's what I'll say. Um, I've got a lot. I'm going through a lot right now in my um, personal journey with Christ. Um, but I know that there's a reason for it. I know God. Um, any thing God has ever brought me to, there's always been a reason for it. Um, I don't, I don't have the answer for you today of what those reasons are, but here's what I can tell you that, um, I hope there's not a hell, man. I hope there's not. I, I really do. Um, I read that there is, and, um, every one of my friends and everybody in here tells me that there is. Um, but I don't want to see, um, any of these people that I love and especially you as well now. Um, I don't want to see you guys go there and I want um, you and me to do whatever it takes for that not to happen. (laughs) So um, (laughs) if that makes sense, it makes me, um, it's been making me very uncomfortable, especially as of the last like month or so. Um, Especially the more I get to know um, you guys, because you guys are great. um, Wonderful people, man. And so um, I just, uh, I hope you keep searching inside yourself, man. And, and I think you're, I, I dude, I think you're great, man. I think you're great and keep doing what you're doing. And, um, 
And um, I hope I hope to talk to you again in the future because um, it'll be a long time from now. So um, I brought up an idea today. Um, episode 50, we're going to do something special. Um, maybe mm-hmm. do a live podcast and bring a bunch of the people from the previous episodes on. Um, we all get to pick one. Yeah, and you're putting that out on the air right yeah, now, Yeah, I know. Right? I don't care. Well, then maybe it'll get popular and people will want to do it. episodes away. Yeah. That's fine. I love that idea. Honestly, that's a great idea. But you, just right now, you you would probably be my pick as of right now. And all you other people that I've interviewed, don't get mad. I'll pick you. I'll, I'll tell you that I pick you in <laughs> private or whatever. He's just, saying I'm better. No, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> you can't come on here and say something that biased and then get by with it. I know. I know. They, I'm get they, in trouble. they will put your feet to the fire. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. But anyway, um, David, thank you so much for coming on, man. And I appreciate it. But um, the floor is yours. All right. Yeah. Hey, first off, thank you guys for um, putting this together. This is such a great and well-organized uh, group of people here, and it's such a great conversation. Um, this truly feels like a safe spot to just conversate and not argue, and you guys have really built that here. It's, it's definitely something that I feel comfortable being around. You guys are absolutely awesome. I can just feel, I can just feel the energy radiating off you guys. Um, and I mean that authentically, uh, I speak with purpose and I do want to say my, my most important message for everyone in there, like all of you guys right now is that I love you guys. Like I love you and I want you to know that it's authentic. It's real. Um, I truly just think it's amazing what you guys are doing and frankly, just, just keep diving, just keep diving in because you guys sound like great people. and. From meeting you guys, you feel like great people. And I, I'm honored to have been here today. So We love you too, man. Yeah, yeah love you, you, man. Thank you. All right, brother. I'll, I'll, talk to you, um, I'll talk to you on the interwebs. Yeah, you can shoot me a message anytime. Hey, d- <laughs> okay, hey, David. Brother. Yeah. Jesus loves you. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> wait till the end of the show to put and that so on. do I. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. All Bye, right. guys. That was a good conversation. It was. It was very good. No, I mean, I, I felt like that was a pretty good one. What do you have to say about my what I what I said, like my doubts and stuff that I have? That's a normal part of growing up as a Christian. I was and I, and I, I was honestly kind of scared mean, to bring it up. I don't mean growing up as a child into an adult. I I mean growing up as a child in Christ to a an adult in Christ. That is part of the process is getting past those fears and those doubts and understanding God wants no one to go to hell. Yeah. Enough that he sent his son to die for us. That is the the whole point of everything that Christ did. Yeah. How can we blame God? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. Like, here's what I have in my head when I'm going through this thought process. I'll tell you my exact thought process, just to be completely transparent with you. Um, here's, don't do that because I'll just look right through you. Here's my right. <laughs> That's a dumb joke. Um. Anyway, so here's my here's my thought process of it is the whole idea of hell. First of all, why um why even create it? That's what I ask. Why create it? And it wasn't created for man, it was created for the angels. 
I, fail. That, I understand that. that. But like um, me, I would rather not like if I'd rather just not be created if there was even a chance of me going to hell. I even I dude, um, what was crazy is oh, I've heard that argument before. Go ahead. Whenever I it's not really an argument. I'm not trying to do no, an argument. I'll, it's like I'll, what I'm literally thinking about. But like so I read this book called 23 Minutes in Hell when I was like 21 years old. It's this guy that had a vision of hell. And I thought of hell as just like a concept before. I didn't ever even really think of it as a real place until I read that book. And I was when I read that book, I was like, whoa, like hell's a real place. It has smells, has feelings, and it's eternal punishment, right? And, um, and then I think of that, and I go, whoa. And I go, well, I'm not on the right path. Like I was, dude, I was drinking. I wasn't even putting no thought in what God wanted me to do back then. Nothing. Oh, I remember 21. And so like I'm on the path to that, right? And then so I remember shaking my fist at God and saying, why would you even create me if I even had a chance of going there? Like if you say you love me, why would you create me if I even had a chance of going there? Just leave me wherever I was before. Leave me there. You know, don't, don't create me. And then I opened my Bible. I have my Bible open. Um, I have my Bible open, and um, I was fixing to start reading the Bible for the first first time. And I had it open, and where I had it open to was the Book of Job, literally the first chapter. And I read the entire Book of Job that night. And Job said the same thing to God. Mm-hmm. Job said, "Why would you even bring me out of my mother's womb if you're going to put me through all this stuff?" Mm-hmm. And God's answer was. Don't question me. My ways are not your ways. And so I didn't get the answer I was looking for that night, but I I was able to um, relate to Job in that situation. Um, and basically, now that we're saying not to question God, but like, um, here's the thing. Like, I don't want anyone to go to hell. Like, and, and here's my other thought process behind this, right? Like, I'm getting to know these people really well, um, these unbelievers and stuff like that. And I love them. And then my only other option is to keep them at arm's length. So I don't love them so much. Like, you know, if you like have a pet cow or something and you know, it's going to become beef someday, then you stick it in a pen way out there. So you don't get to know it. Don't name your cow and stuff like that. No, my grandpa didn't have a problem with that. But hold on. I'm not associating my, these unbelievers with cattle. But what I'm trying to say is, is like, how do, what do I do? Like I was telling Angela about this this morning is, um, this is really hurting me right now. It's, I feel a lot of pain with this a lot, a lot. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what to do with it. I got to figure it out. I got to figure out what to do with it. Kind of look and sound like Pastor Gary right now. Yeah. I got to figure out what to do. That with is it. the feeling that a pastor has. Yeah. And, and it goes even worse, to be honest with you. I have a daughter that doesn't live anywhere near the lifestyle. A daughter that every time I talk on this microphone, I'm just praying that she hears something. Yeah. Yeah. That it calls back to her. And not that I don't love others with my with my heart, but that's my daughter. I created her. Yeah. I have three daughters. Two of them are following, following God right now. Not like I would like them to, but they're at least following Christ. They're going to church. You know, I would love for my kids to go be over the top about God, 
Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I see some of the families here at this church that are such an inspiration that all their kids are on the praise and worship team. I mean, you know, they're pastors and, and all of that. I would just be thrilled that my youngest walks through the doors of a church. Yeah. Another thing that I'm dealing with too is, um, I was talking to Angela about this. Maybe you can help me with this too, but like, um, cause I haven't told you about this in private, but like, well, don't try to shock me now. We've literally been screwed over by people in this church, Christians, like mm-hmm. to what we perceive as screwed over. Like, and then also, um, just flat out disrespected. Um, treated just very poorly by these Christians inside of this church, right? And none of these unbelievers have treated us like that. But then I was talking to Angela about this, and this is this is why I want to be open about this. Is like I don't I don't convene with unbelievers either. I don't meet up with them, and I'm sure if I did, there would be some of them that would treat me the same way that the Christians have. But it's just very like I know I hang out with Christians a lot more, and I give them more opportunity to be bad to me. You know, but it's just very, it's very frustrating, man. It's very frustrating. Read my shirt out loud. I'm not that perfect Christian. I'm the one that knows I need Jesus. Yeah? Okay. Yeah? This church is not a home for perfect Christians. Yeah. There's not a one of them here. But that's the thing is like, well, I guess I haven't voiced my, what we, I mean, I haven't given them an opportunity to make it right. I haven't talked mm-hmm. to them about it, you well, know, so. First off, if I have an offense with my brother, I am to go to him and set it straight. But you do, you do that I don't feel you, like I'm the one that has to set it straight, but they right, don't even they, know I'm mad at him, I guess. So, yeah. Okay. So, how are they supposed to know? Yeah. I get what one, you're saying. Two, if it is a spirit of offense trying his best to move you from this church yeah okay yeah it would take a lot but yeah i've thought about it i mean it's crossed my mind okay why would it cross your mind well the reason why is see that the enemy is uh have you ever been poked with a with a needle yeah i do it every week on purpose no 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 like and uh, (laughs) some little brat just bugging the crap out of you and poking oh, you with a needle? He'd only do it once. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. But you let Satan do that every day. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's where we are. I've just been dealing, I've been, I've, I think I've been allowing um, Satan to um, be victorious over things lately because there's some things that I really have to work out. I have to really figure out what God wants to do with it because there's some stuff that's causing me some Bad, bad pain right now. And she can attest to it that I'm... But if I if I have offended you and I don't recognize that... Oh, I because, tell you right away, I, dude. Yeah, but that's the whole point. <laughs> but you're my friend. Like, right. it's different. Like, But because of those people that are insensitive to what they have done, you can't hold them accountable if they're unaware of it. Well, they can't hold their self ac- accountable for it if they're unaware of it. No, they know. Some of them know, bro. Sure. Some of them know oh, what they're yeah. doing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's they know what they're doing is not right. Um, okay, then, but in it's brother, okay. In brotherly love, you have the authority through Christ in the church <laughs> to go to them and correct them. Yeah, and if they do not accept your correction, then you can go to the elders of the church 
Yeah, yeah. I've read what you're saying. Not, not a thing about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So there are precepts for it, but this yeah. is a church. Uh, this is a home of broken people. All right, and we don't all have it right. Yeah, that's why we're here, constantly. Yeah, I getting know. it right and putting it back and straightening it out. I have. It, I was made aware that I had offended somebody. Had no clue of why or how. And, he, he, and I kept waiting for this person to come because he's a brother. I kept waiting for this person to come and tell me, dude, you know, hey, look, that really offended me and such and such, such, such. Never did. I know who you're talking about. We're, we're doing communion and I've had enough. And I told my wife, this is it. So I went and I said, listen. Look, I don't know what I've done because you haven't shared that with me. So right now it's in your ballpark. I can't correct it if I don't know what I'm to correct. Yeah. I also feel like I'm the type of person that would always be like, if I if I just came to the point where I was just telling people, but like, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm a high strung individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very like, I, I don't want to say controlling, but I probably am a little bit, but I like things a certain way. I expect things to be done a certain way. And I feel like if I started that, if I thought, if I flipped that switch to started telling everybody that, um, that they are offending me, I feel like that that would be inappropriate behavior for me. Cause I just be throwing arrows at people all the time. You know what I mean? Like I know, listen, I know I have some negative qualities, and I unfortunately know what some of them are, and I don't want to impose those on other people. Well, it's not unfortunate that you know what those qualities are. It's a good thing that you know what those qualities are because then you can let the Holy Spirit put a muzzle on them. My mouth has a very sharp tongue. My mother had a very sharp tongue. Yeah. I mean, for God to muzzle my tongue and for me to allow the Holy Spirit to have control over my tongue is a, is a daily challenge. Yeah. It's a daily challenge. Yeah. Um, I used to make fun of some of the stuff that I said before Christ to people. I mean, like on the, on the radio at work, two way radios at work. I mean, there were things I said that was crude and uncalled for. And you know, I can't apologize enough for that, but I can't go back to those people. Some of them are dead. Say one of them right now that you said. Negative. <laughs> I can't get so, <laughs> negative. <laughs> so. That is technically something you've said over the radio before, probably. <laughs> negative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have. But at this junction of my learning to live with Christ inside me is allowing him to have control. And it is my choice whether you intentionally try to offend me or you unintentionally offend me it is my choice to take that offense yeah. to heart or to let it slide like water off a duck's back i think is how they yep, say it so is it okay so put on your raincoat that's good stuff bro the raincoat is the protection of the armor i like it before we go i like it. first of all thank you for saying that and i want to also say thank you for um, not judging me for what I said. I've said today. It's just, I'm just not being, least you be judged by that same measure you just, use. It will be measured back to you. I feel, <laughs> a, I feel a little bit of, I feel a little weight lifted off my shoulders from being able to be open today. Um, next thing I have before we go is what was your CB handle on the radio? 
whenever you were driving truck. What was your what was your handle? Lionheart. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said when I said Lionheart, you yeah. instantly thought of what? Uh. I I thought of you with long hair. I thought you lo- I thought of you with long hair with those same rings on but holding a sword. That's what I thought. <laughs> Oh, and a metal bandana. Well, that's pretty close. A metal bandana. Uh, most people would And then think, a visor helmet. Most people <laughs> thought, you know, kind of Jean-Claude Van Damme stuff, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. Well, Lionheart wasn't, wasn't was... Oh, li- no. Wasn't he Lionheart? Uh, yeah, it was, well, he was Lionheart, and then Braveheart was that. Um, yeah, Braveheart yeah. is the one you're mentioning. Yeah. But, uh, no, it is actually classical. Okay. So it is kind of comical no, as well. No, it's, it's classical. It, it was uh, King Richard... Lionheart. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I mean, I, that's all I had today. That's pretty cool. I believe cool. it's Shakespeare. Back then, I knew exactly which story it was. Okay. The wife's got a piece, so we got to wrap it up. But um, all right. Um, Does she need your help? Well, no, no but no, we got to wrap it up. But anyway, um, cool, man. Uh, thank you. I feel I feel a lot better after the show today. And um, David, what a gym he was. What a wonderful person. And I really, in closing, I'd like to say this again. It'll be the third time. But any Christian that's listened to this, um, we need to be acting like him inside of our community if we want to make it more appealing. We need to be the church outside the doors of the church building. Because that dude's energy that he puts off is very attractive. I guess you could say like he... You want to hang out with him. You want to be around him because of how sweet and peaceful and loving and wonderful he is. We as Christians need to be acting that way. We need to be a magnet. Mm-hmm. That attracts, not a magnet that yeah. repels. Most Christians are magnets that has that crap on it. That's yeah. what that's what they are. Magnets that has literal doo-doo on it. So stop it. Hey, Zach. <laughs> huh? Jesus loves you. And so do I. You paused way too long on that. Okay. Thanks for watching. <laughs> we are out. I'll take you home. Thank you so much for listening to the Help My Unbelief podcast. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And more importantly, tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. for new episodes.